Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Welcome back to the Journeyman Stories. This is part two of Dan Woodgate's story. Hope you enjoyed part one. So from... Sam Cousins, then you had Jody. Is it Macaulay? Jody Ma- Meekle. Meekle. Oh, there Michael. you go. So you Hard would change. Well, you would change. Um, you would change promoter by then as well. Yeah. So I'd I'd actually change promoters um, before the first Sammy Cousins. Oh, okay. Fight. But after that fight, <clears throat> so after the first Sammy Cousins fight, where I lost, let down, I got in touch with Steve Foster. I moved my training up to Manchester. Right. I was doing training camps up in Manchester. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, my old man funding, paying for my hotels, because he, he believed in me, he believed that I was going to go somewhere and do something. This was when we spoke about, uh, what's his name? Who's the trainer up there that's got the Smiths brothers and stuff like that? Joe Gallagher. That's the one. We spoke about Joe Gallagher. That's because yeah, yeah. you know bits about that as well. Well, I trained with Joe Gallagher. Right. I went and done like a week's training camp up in Champs Camp in Manchester when he was there. Yeah. When he had John Murray. Yeah, John Murray? yeah, yeah. So Joe Murray, John, I trained. John like, Murray had one of the best British fights with Kevin Mitchell. Yeah, that fight, Never yeah. get spoken yeah. about. Ever get spoken about. <clears throat> um, so I was training with Joe Murray. Right. As he was getting ready for, I think it was the Olympics. Yeah, I was training with Joe Murray up there. Sure. Yeah. So you was full-time pro. No, no, no. This well, was this, that was an amateur. That was, but then. What? No, I mean Manchester. Yeah. When you go to Manchester. Yeah, no. Sorry, I'd, I'd got up there for a week as an amateur just to get a bit of an experience of it, like as organised by Steve Foster. So I contacted him again, and I was like, Steve, my coach has let me write down. I want to move. I, I want to be the best I can possibly be. Can you organise it? And he got in touch with a couple of coaches up there. Um, I think I think he might have asked. Morris Core, who was his son's coach, but I think he said no. But there was another coach in the gym, uh, Ensley Bingham, who was British and Bingham, uh, intercontinental champion as well, football sure. world title against Ronald Winky Wright. Sure. Mm. Um, 
I'd actually, so the fight with Sam, have you got the date of Sam Cummings fight there? Uh, yeah, so I got it 16th of October 2010. October. So I'd had a fight arranged after that in November. Right, okay. So, I'd, so the Sam Cousins fight happened and I wanted to like, brush it straight under the carpet, get rid of it. Get it back in straight away. I got offered to fight on a show, I think it was a Bruce Baker show, four or five weeks later. So I've moved my training camp up to Manchester to get ready for that fight. Right. And whoever the opponent was going to be on that fight is very fucking lucky because I'd never been in better shape in my life. Like I went up there and the fight didn't happen. It didn't materialize. I didn't fight until Miko after that, but there was, it, I'd moved my training camp up to there. And I remember when I was with NZ Bingham, cause he, he trained with and actually coached was part of the coaching setup for Carl Thompson when he fought. Yeah. Um, hey, Carl, the cat Thompson. Yeah. 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 He fought Hay and beat him. Hey, uh, yeah. and I can't remember the other name but Enzy Bingham went to me he was like Cole Thompson you, Eubank as well did he fight Eubank yeah he did yeah twice yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. so Enzy Bingham went to me Cole Thompson is the fittest athlete fittest boxer I've ever known and he actually went to me and went I think you might be close to it Whoa. he was like I've never seen anything like it and so I'd moved up to Manchester right out of my comfort zone um, so I had that little experience going up there and I was like, I come back, I was in such good shape, so fit, so strong. And I was like, that's it, I'm, I'm training out of Manchester now. So me, me call fight got arranged, mm-hmm. four week camp up in Manchester, uh, living in a hotel. So I was just eating out of packets, mm-hmm. eating out of kebab shops, um, like shish kebab, rice, things like that, sitting in a hotel room on my own, just doing what I felt I needed to do to make the progress I needed to make. And, um, yeah, I was, I was, it's, they do things differently up there, mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mate. Honestly, like, I, I, I say to people now, they go, oh, I train so hard. Like, I, I see fighters on time, online all the time. So I train so hard. I'm like, mate, you could not have lived with me when, with what I was doing. You couldn't have done it. You couldn't have done it. I was so fit, so strong. So I, what I did is the Meekle fight. I had the Meekle fight. That was a good fight, but I've, I've done my arm in that fight. Was it right arm? My right arm, yeah, my right shoulder went in that fight. I thought I'd pop my shoulder up. I thought right. I, I thought I broke my collarbone or something like that. Oh. It was bad. Like ah, oh, fuck! I think it was in like the third round. So I ended up beating him with one hand. In when you watch the fight back, you don't. You probably wouldn't know. But in Not my as head, bad as a you fought thirteen days later. What's that? I know. Yeah, I was I know, no, 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 no. Listen, listen. Yeah, that's the thing. So I, in in my head, when I watched the video back, I was gonna go. I was like you're going to see me like arm hanging down like Danny Williams yeah, in that fight yeah. and I'm boxing like that. But you, I didn't even know, but the pain was so bad. And it, what it turned out to be is that my muscles in my shoulder had knotted up. Oh, really? So I was like, I spoke to NZ Bingham after the Jody Meekle fight. Jody Meekle actually become, I'll give him a bit of a mention. He'd become a good friend of mine. Love him to bits. He'd come down and sparred me when he was he fought for a, a Masters title, come down and sparred me down in uh, Ramsgate. It's mad how that works. And all I remember is my old man come up to me after the fight. He went, okay, he's a nutcase, mate. <laughs> I went, what, what's, what's up? He went, he was walking back to the corner, just going to himself, woo! Woo! <laughs> <"Come> <laughs> on, <laughs> hitting himself and all that. Like, he was proper unhinged. Like, <laughs> he's, he's, he's honestly one of the best characters in boxing. Brilliant. But yeah, so I had this thing in my shoulder. I spoke to Enzi Bingham and I was like, Cancel the next fight. Uh, that was at Medway Park, the next what? one. 
You want, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was Dubai. Yeah, it was just 13 days later. 13 days later, yeah. So That's I, from like... So I'm in Midway Park? In Midway Park, yeah. What, on Joe's? No, no, no. This should be 2011. I could probably get the event. Um, He was Tom Dallas' manager. What's his name? Mark Rowe. Yeah. Mark Rowe. So that would have been Tom Dallas, yeah. Tom Dallas for Gabor Farkas. Vinny and Scotty Wolf were both bots on it as well. Yeah. But yeah, so Nicky Gemman was on it yeah, as well. Gemman. Nick Gemman was on that. Right, so yeah, so I, after that fight, I'd gone, I was like, I'm not fighting. Ensley cancelled the fight. I had a friend who was, or who is, an osteopath, chiropractor, or physio, one of them three. And I spoke to him, he was like, come and see me, I might be able to sort it out for you. Went in there, stuck a needle in my arm, like um, acupuncture, acupuncture yeah, yeah. I was like, and I literally, I was like, it felt like my arm had fallen off. It was bad, mate. Sat there, went, stuck this needle in. I was like, oh, mate, what are you doing? He went, yeah. Sorry. Ensley, the fight's back on. I'll be up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up to Manchester. Straight up to Manchester. And I used to, like, I used to, my old man used to pay for all of this. Put me sure. in a hotel in Manchester. Fly Ensley Bingham. He used to come and live with us for the weekend. And then we'd fly him back as well. So, yeah, the week, two weeks later, I fought Elvis Dubay. My. Tough old boy he was, mate. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. How did the fight go? Did you get any issues? Smashed him, mate. <laughs> Absolutely. Smashed. No, I did. He came up to me afterwards. He went up. And don't want to sound like a mug, muggy idiot. About five, about four or five of the fighters I fought come up to me after and went, I've never been punched as hard as you hit me. But I only ever had two stoppages. But I think that was a style thing. Because my style didn't lend itself to knockouts. Because more can- I was just a negative, boring, yeah. negative counterpuncher. I always say I was boring well, to watch. And then you had Sabi Monteith. Sabi Monteith. Monteith. That was a yeah. Good call. Again, I will say this. Bear with some of my pronunciations and names. <laughs> I will. I'm a, I'll apologise. <laughs> um, yeah, he was quite intimidating. Proper dreadlock, tall, slim, but quite an easy fight. Like he was, he was a lot more intimidating visually than he was as a boxer. Not a terrible boxer. Like he, he had a bit of a dig. I, I remember him catching with a left hook, and I thought, oh, I've actually got to switch on here and you know, be and be part of this fight. Um, so what I used to do as a fighter, I used to just try and make my night as easy as possible. Yeah. And I worked out quite early on. Do you know, like you get journeymen, they just they just want to get paid. Yeah. So what I used to do, and this is what I've done with Elvis Dubay, he, I remember thinking before the fight, I was like, mate, this guy's a fucking tank. Like, he's going to proper hurt me if I don't switch on. So I went out there, first thing, as soon as I got the opportunity, two big shots, and he just went on the missing list. And I was like, mate, if you're going to let me have an easy night, I'll let you have one. If you come and try and put it on me, I'll knock you out. But that's my attitude. That's what I was. I was like, I, I don't care how... I didn't care about the crowd and exciting them. I know it sounds bad because they've paid tickets to come, yeah, like, paid money yeah. to come and see me. I didn't care about exciting the crowd. I cared about winning. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I used to just go... If like if someone would come out and just go, boom, boom, and I could just dance around for the rest of the round, and I knew I was going to get the points, that was it. That was all I needed to do. I weren't bothered about the crowd. Then on to <laughs> Paul Davies at Elephant and Castle. Yeah, we've all seen that one. Is that the? That is the one. That is the one that. Yeah. yeah so 
Oh, well, yeah, like a highlight one. Yeah. I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're happy for me to put it up, I can happily, yeah, I'll happily stick yeah. it up. But the um, it's probably one of the best combination to have with hand speed and stuff. And I think, like even people, I do chat to a few people when because I'm saying, "Oh, you're coming on podcast." Yeah, I say it's probably one of the best knockouts I've genuinely seen. Don't yeah, blow, I don't want to blow smoke up your ass because no, you no, already do that yourself. But I'll, no, I'll, I'll tell you straight. Like, I, I'm very much. I, I try and be honest. I, I mess around a lot, like, and I do you know like sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. I come across as a bit arrogant and things. I'm not really like that. It's, it is me joking. I think that's quite funny, and people take me as they as they see me. When people get to know me, I don't think many people go. I think a lot of people go. Actually, you're not this like arrogant. I, I just try and joke around, but I, honestly, hand on heart, that's one of the best knockouts anyone will ever see, ever. I'm fucking telling you. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> I'm yeah. fucking telling you. I'm telling you, mate. I'm telling you. Listen, I'd be like, I'll do, for about I'll 10 do, years afterwards. I'll do, to be honest, I, not until you mentioned it, I completely forgot about it. Yeah. Like, but now you've mentioned it, and I'm like, that, you know, I've seen that. To be fair, the even it, you can see, sizing up, sizing up, sizing up, boom. And there, and it's just like a four or five punch combo. The speed, like, <clears> and it was, yeah, it's impressive. Let, just let me give you a bit of a background to that fight as well. Um, just like right, that for to about 10 years after that, every year or every few months or something like that, is this you, Dan? I'd get tagged on like top oh. top 20 knockouts and I'd be in like the top three. I was like sandwiched like next to Nassim Hamed and someone else. <laughs> I was like, right, yeah, mate, of course that's me. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> when I show it to people now, they go, that's not you. Don't even look like you. Oh, oh here, here we go. We got it. Here we go. Oh, night. Yeah. On. He was like that for nine on ten minutes. Yeah, I'm not About surprised. five or six minutes minimum. I stood there, so I walked. See every punch land. Yeah, it's beautiful. We can't make time to sit and watch it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so <clears throat> I walked off. You'll see me. I sort of looked down and just go. I remember thinking to myself, that's, that's job done. Walked across to the corner, turned around, and I just stood there like that. No reaction. I, I was never going to celebrate while I was on the floor. No, no. I didn't celebrate afterwards because I, I was genuinely, I thought I'd killed him. I shit myself. Really? Mate, he was out, oxygen mask, everyone over him. All I had, the referee come up to me, who's, uh, what's his name? Mick Collier from the boxing ball. Yeah, yeah. Pretty sure it was him. Walked up to me <clears throat> and they was like, don't celebrate, don't celebrate. I was like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not going to yeah. celebrate. Yeah, yeah, and I got. Do you know what? You see that there? Where I start laughing. Yeah. I got, I got called out about that online. Right. No, what happened? I stood there, complete respect. I was never in boxing. Like, I, I to be mugged. I've only, yeah, yeah. I've only ever celebrated a win once properly, and that was the second Sam Cousins fight. We'll, we'll come to that in a second, but I um that one there. I went went up to the ref, and the referee went, mate, that like proper gentleman for not celebrating. And I went, oh, cheers, ref. I just, all I care about that he's all right. And he went, listen, mate, it could have been you. Like that. And I went, nice one, cheers, ref. And made a bit of a joke of it and started like, oh, I'm fucking called out online. Oh, yeah, you're Mr. Humble, aren't you? <laughs> laughing about it. I was like, fuck you, mate. You don't know what went on. Like, yeah, give me the opportunity yeah. to put a bit of context to it. Um, but again, yeah, like, I was like, keyboard warriors, aren't Yeah, yeah. But right, so a little bit of context around that fight. I got married five weeks before that fight. Might have even been four weeks. I got married on a Sunday. I went up to Manchester for training camp Tuesday morning. Got there, started training camp. 
massively over the weight limit. I was supposed to be at 12.10. I ended up being 13.3 that night. But it had been changed because my opponent changed. And I was like, that's handy because then I can go, well, bring someone in who's around about 13 and a half stone. Got there on a Tuesday. So it's still light heavyweight? 12.10? Yeah. Still, okay. well, so, but when you're fighting outside of championship, you don't yeah. have to be on the weight. Yeah, you get <clears throat> sort of some so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was a cruiserweight all, all through so my career. Other than my title fights. Yeah. That is top, like... It was knowing how big you are now, yeah, that's yeah. small. Yeah, yeah. But I had, um, if we got time, I'll tell you <laughs> the shit I used to put myself through. But I, yeah, so I went up there on a Tuesday, Thursday night, about one or two in the morning. I was laying in bed. And I just went, fuck it. Got up, pulled, packed all my bags, started getting emotional now, packed all my bags, got in my car, drove home. I was either going to come home that night or I'd have killed myself. What? I'd have committed suicide up there. 100%. What, even though you'd been up there training? Was It's hard, a hard question. Was that a like slow burn thing in the end or was that a sudden thing? So do I you think... <clears throat> I It's one of the things I probably didn't recognise. Right. But I was basically no, it's in prison. not a great question. I was basically in prison. So... I was going up there, living in a hotel. I had no interaction with anyone outside of the gym. I used to, I was training so fucking hard and I wasn't eating right. to make the weight. And I just had a nervous breakdown. I messaged, um, I got in at about, so I just fucking hammered it home. Messaged my wife, said I'm on my way home. Let's see when I get in. I think, I think I messaged her anyway. I got home about six o'clock in the morning. So I hadn't slept for, Fucking however long, well, since five o'clock the morning before. Message Ensley. I just went, I won't be at training today. I'll call you later to explain. Walked in. I don't know if I don't, I don't think I actually cried, but I said to my wife, Laura, I was like, I'm not boxing again. Never ever boxing again. That's me done. And she was like, oh, it's all right. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And um, I went and got in bed. I don't know how long I fucking slept for. Um, this was, so it's Friday. When I got in bed, slept, ate some food, and then later that day I was like, fuck it, that's it, yeah, like, done. I spoke to Ensley, really fucking hard, because me and him had like, he was like an uncle, become really close. And uh, I was like, I'm really sorry, I fucking let you down, and I'm really sorry. He was like, don't be fucking silly, all I give a shit about is you, and like making sure you're right. He's, mate, he's like a proper good bloke. And then... Um, I woke up the next morning, Saturday morning, I was like, I ain't going out like that, fuck it, I'm going to carry on. So I started trying to find a coach around here. I tried my old amateur coach, it didn't feel right, and there was a guy around my area called Dan Downer, who was training Vinny and Scotty Walford, who boxed on that. Yeah, but yeah. And I rang him up, and he was like, I'll work with you, but I've got Vinny's got a fight coming up, so let me get out of the way, and then I'll start working with you. So I didn't have a coach till about a week and a half before that fight. So I trained myself for that fight. No. And that knockout, I didn't realise until a few years after, because I didn't know how the fuck I'd done that. I don't know where I pulled them six shots from. They just come out. I was like, ah, natural. I didn't natural. Oh mate, just bomb me. There's one shot, just I believe one out. shot that's set up the there's I think it's the uppercut, the rest is natural. You know, so no, always... no, no, no. do you know what right, you say natural, I'll explain what natural is, yeah. So I was, you'll see it in the fight, I'm going, boom, boom. And his head dips. Yep. And I'm like, ah, 
oh, he's going to lean straight onto that. So I feel beautiful uppercut. I used to have a really good uppercut. So I threw the jab, uppercut, left up, right hand, left uppercut, right hand, gone. Asleep, right? <laughs> and um, <clears throat> it weren't until a couple of years after, because people were like, oh, fucking hell, how did you? Because how did I pull that out of the bag? Yeah, like, I didn't yeah. know where it come from. Do you know where I got it from? Do you know floor to ceiling ball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Floor to ceiling bag, one of them. Because I trained myself for that fight in my brother's shed in his garden on a floor to ceiling ball. Really? So that combination, I was just doing it over and over again, on the floor to ceiling ball, just speed. And I didn't work it out. And I, I just pulled it out on the floor to ceiling ball one day. And I was like, right, fucking hell, that's the combination. Do you, no. do you know what's mad on that? I was explaining, I showed that knockout to somebody um, recently. And I literally, because he, he asked me what, like, was it set up or was it natural? And I said, what I watched Dan, I watch him, he's putting a jab out and he's watching a lad dip his head. The reason, because I think you throw an uppercut just before it, and it misses slightly. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, the uppercut's set up, the rest of it's natural. Well, yeah. You've just basically confirmed it. You've you just basically confirmed it. For me, right? So, yeah, like you say, natural. It's not natural. It's just, no, it's just something. Yeah, it, yeah, no, no. You, yeah. Do you know the weirdest thing, right? When I went boom, boom, in my head, so that you see that combination, it's like, I think it's like two seconds, less than two seconds, six punches, yeah. something like that. In my head, when those punches land, I went boom, boom. And I stood there and went, oh, I can just carry on throwing punches. That's how quick my mind was working. I genuinely had, in my head, I remember thinking to myself, Not I'll throw some more punches now. Yeah. You've got time to throw more punches. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Just because he's, like, he's uh, but when I see it back, I was like, ah, fucking no way was it that quick. Because I remember going, boom, boom. I'll carry on. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, Weird, mate. Yeah. And it would literally just for that repetition on the floor yeah. ceiling ball. Yeah. So from there, oh, again, here's another one that I have to. Uh, so I've got his Andre Jevs. I ain't gonna say Jev Jevs. Andre Jev. Yeah, the Troxy. Yeah, Troxy London. Dillian White fought on that car. Did he? 
Yeah. Did he? Yeah. I had a mashup video on my You got Echo there? Did he? <laughs> <laughs> you asked as well, so. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Andrzej Jevgenis, he put Tony Bellew over. About four or five, maybe a few more fights before that, he put Tony Bellew over in the fourth round in their sixth round fight. And I boxed him, mate. Dillian White fought on your undercard. <laughs> my man. My yeah. That one there, this is when the making weight started becoming a bit of an issue. That one there, I had to weigh in at... So how old now would you be? 25? That was... No, 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 27. I turned over when I was 26, yeah. Two, yeah, I was going to say, so that was 2012. Was yeah, I'm not doing maths, mate. But that one there, so they said to me, you've got to be 12, 10. So I stripped a load of fluid out of my body, went to the weigh-in. Weigh-in was at 12 o'clock. He didn't turn up to about 4 o'clock. By the time I'd weighed in, I was pissing out Marmite, mate. Brown. Oh, oh it was like golden syrup. I got there, Must jumped on the scale. Worst golden shower you'll ever want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, I jumped on the scales just under 12.10. He was about 13.4. Are you? He just didn't mate. care. Oh, mate. <laughs> because I was like, because 12.10, you're officially a cruiserweight. I was like, hey. I had no fluid in my body at all. And he's fucking coming like, oh, fucking damn man. I jumped on scales four hours late. You're going to fight me anyway. Like stone overweight or whatever. I think it might have even been more. It might have been like 13, 6, 37, something like that. And I was like, hey. So I, I drove home. Just like Lucas, like, get down me. Yeah, when I went there not the next day, um, that went out live on Box Nation. Kevin Ooh. Mitchell was commenting on that, uh, commentating on that. Proper, they ripped me apart. <laughs> Said it was all worked very good. I don't know where he can go from here. They were saying, really, yeah, really? It weren't, a, weren't a good performance. Yeah, but I was, it was weight drain right. against a really. He caught me with a shot. And I remember thinking, "Fuck it, hang on, mate. You're supposed to be a journey. <laughs> so let me win." <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. And then, uh, well, back to Sam Cousins number was two. That, was that after that? Was it? That was after that. Yeah, Camden Centre, Kings Cross. Camden Centre. He fought some like different places on it. Yeah, yeah. Eurosport, would it? No, that was the Paul Davis one. Was on Eurosport. Which one was it? Sam Cousins. Sam Cousins. Anyway, um, just in case no one heard Sam, sorry, that was on right, Eurosport. Right, we're we're right. in a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Sam Cousins. So that's the one I've been after for ages. Yeah, like he, as we've spoke about yeah. it through. Never, never as a person. Always, always found him alright. Always liked him as a person. Always civil. In boxing, hated him. Really hated him. Is his brother? What's his brother's name? Danny. Danny. That's the yeah. yeah. So I'd for that fight, right? This is the fight. Like, if, if I never had another fight in you my whole career, mate, I just wanted to, I wanted to get in there and I wanted to hurt him. And mm-hmm. I've never, ever had that before. So, yeah, I didn't spar for that fight. Turn up, first round. The referee actually scored the first round to Sam Cousins, which I don't know how. Because he was like, he was quite active, threw a lot of shots, but nothing fucking landed. And then the second round, oh, he was scoring the second round to Sam Cousins as well, actually. I spoke to him. I can't remember who it was, actually. I don't think it was Bob Williams. But it was Mark Green. Mark Green. Yeah, I don't know. Don't remember. It was, my friend went and spoke to the referee afterwards. When I was you seeing that, and he went, yeah, I had Sam Cousins two rounds up until we caught him. At the end of the second round, I'd sort of pushed down on Sam Cousins, and he picked me up, actually picked me up off the floor, 
and then sort of dropped me and I sort of stumbled back. And I remember looking at the ref going, the fuck? So the ref sort of told him off and he come over to me and as he comes towards me, I just went, boom, hit him with his right hand, straight on the temple, crazy legs again. Bell went. Walked oh. back to the corner, sat down in the corner. I went to my coach. I was like, my hand's fucked. He went, no, no, you'll be all right. I went, I'll be all right. I said, but my hand is it's fucked. gone. That hand, genuinely, when I took the glove off, I thought my hand was going to just fall apart. I, th- I thought I was going to take it off and fill with blood. It was, mate, excruciating pain, right? Like someone had a hot poker and just, or like a hot blade and just sliced my hand in half. I felt like my hand was going to fall, like splitting half. Like that's oh. how bad it felt, right? Went out for the third round and I always had a good left hook as well. So I went out, boom, boom, boom. Caught me with his left hook, gone. So I was like, yes, got him. Left hook, left hook, <laughs> left hook. I think I hit him with six left hooks in a row. And then I moved him around the ring, caught him with another couple of jabs. Then I had him like rocking, but because I'd used so much energy in my left hook, I was like, oh, there's not enough there to like, keep developing this power. And I remember looking at him I'm thinking to myself, I fucking hate you much more than this fucking pain hurts and this pain's bad. And I just remember just going, boom, boom, just letting, as I was hitting him, my fucking, if you could have heard my faults, my my mind was going, ah, ah, every time I threw a punch, boom, boom, and I just thought, fucking boom, boom, and I put it on him and um, referee jumped in and stopped it and I run across, jumped up on the road and I went, who's the fucking man now then? Because he'd been giving it all the big one. Oh. Only time I'd ever celebrate. <laughs> ever, ever, yeah. yeah. And then do you still have The outcome of the hand was. Yeah. The outcome of the hand. Same thing. Tendon damage. Oh. Mate, honestly, when they took the glove off, I was like, ah, oh. but if you look now, look, see that? It stays like that. I can straighten it, but it's, and it's, it's actually giving me quite a bit of jip jip at the moment yeah it's quite bad mm. painful yeah then you had Tony Shields mate the weirdest <laughs> the weirdest <laughs> thing you Millennium Hotel Mayfair yeah so that's that's the only fight I never had to sell tickets for I just got given 500 quid to go and be on this show from a guy who's a friend of mine now Mark Burford uh, he promoted the show he's got City Boxer Gym I'll give him a mention because he's a good guy I like him Steve Collins was there that night and not that's relevant to the story but he was there anyway but I remember coming out and this Tony Shields stood in front of me and behind his back started doing like do you know what Conor McGregor does yeah. all that nonsense, right? <laughs> and I stood and no word of a lie I genuinely thought to myself Jeremy Beadle's going to jump out in a minute I thought it was a setup. What? I thought it was a setup. I don't. I, I, I don't know why. I thought. I genuinely thought it had been set up, to, and then there's someone like Ant and Deck were going to come out and go, "Ree!" <laughs> but it weren't. <laughs> I, ge- I, I swear, oh my God, that's what I thought. I actually, in, in my head, I was like, right, "Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy was going to jump out in a minute." What? Yeah. Do you know, like fucking, you like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, I thought it was one of them. So did I take one? Yeah, that's your thing. I thought the walls would fall down. Ant and Deck would be there go, wee. Take Ant and Deck would go, wee, Tony Shields mask. And the weirdest thing, mate, right? He was slow. He was an MMA fighter. He was slow. Shit boxer. I remember standing, I was thinking, it just threw me, mate. I didn't know what, I was just like, and there's no atmosphere because it was a dinner dinner show no atmosphere no crowd no nothing I was I could hear myself thinking like as if it was fucking weird so 
he threw a punch and I was like, ah. he was like as far away as you are. And I remember thinking to myself, is he fucking throwing a punch there for? That's never going to hit me. <laughs> fucking hell. Where did that come from? He just had these arms, mate. Ring and he was hitting me. Yeah. yeah. And I, it was in the second or third round, I was losing. Bad against a geezer that was a shit boxer, terrible boxer. He was Norton four at the time. Yeah, I know he was <laughs> terrible, and I was losing to him. And then I was just like on the ropes, and I was just letting him. In. I was thinking, I don't know what the fuck. I can't jab him, can't fucking catch him on the ropes. I had all sides went pop, tiny little left hook like that, mate. It was fucking beautiful. He went, he just disappeared. And I remember thinking to myself, fucking get up from that prick. <laughs> I walked over into the corner, turned around. He's on his feet, ready to go again. Oh, mate, he was asleep <laughs> like, before he even hit the floor. He was like, ah. went over. And I was thinking, fucking hell, mate, you ain't got no chance of getting out from that. He was there, ready to go. And I just remember thinking to myself, oh, for fuck's sake. In for a long night. Yeah. And I think I won it by a point, didn't I? No, it was 39, 36. It was three yeah, points. No, that, weren't, that weren't right, mate. That oh, weren't right, Fair mate. enough. <laughs> That's right, what's on not. here. Yeah. No. Um, and then you had Larry Incus. Oh, fucking hell. Larry Incus. Yeah. That's where I put the yeah, master's tile. Yeah, yeah. That's where the, the weight draining started coming in. Right. So that's, Still light heavy? This was a light heavy, yeah. Still light heavy. I weighed yeah. at 12.6 for that. Um, <sighs> fucking hell. So I... I can't you'll see imagine him, You'll see him on social media. You'll be out. If you wanted to that. draw a picture up for the video, you'll see him. But there's a picture I've got on my Instagram... Got a picture when I started camp, and I yeah, just got like what they compared relatively healthy. Yeah, yeah the one yeah. in the middle where I'm like I look in really good shape, and I was fit as a fiddle when I was about 14 hours stone in that picture. Yeah, two weeks before the fight, that was 12 six. I weighed in that. Have you not seen the picture? I think I have. I think yeah, I, have. I look. I'm in a bad way. I think mate. I have. What I used to do, I used to do it all wrong. I used to take way too much weight out, and I used to do it wrong as well. But I went there, weighed in, rehydrated, so I was 12 six. The day before the weighing. I was 13.5, jumped in on the way at 12.6, so I lost just under a stone overnight. But what people don't, I always tell that part of the story, what I don't tell people. Yeah. yeah. What I don't tell people was, and I'd lost another bet, pound after that. I well. bet your head looked massive then. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> I bet his head looked like massive. massive. <laughs> 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 like a lolly. Like a, a, a swizzle, double, double lolly. <laughs> Big head. Um, oh. What I don't tell people, the part of the story I don't <laughs> tell, is you waiting to get that in, isn't he? No, imagine. Little Johnny Littlehead. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Littlehead. Oh, oh mate. On the Sunday of that, before that, I was 14 3. So I lost two stone, basically. Fucking that hell, that's. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, so then I. Dangerous. I'll tell yeah. you, what, I, I, before. Right, so this is I just just so people, if anyone watch, listens to this that is still fighting, don't fuck about with your weight. I one fight when I was training up in Manchester. This was the Dubai fight. I went up there, got on the scale twelve ten on the Friday, and that's what I had to weigh the next week. I weighed in on the Monday at fourteen six. Fucking hell! On the day weighing. What? So the week of that Dubai fight, I didn't eat. Didn't drink any fucking fluids, and I, I was just doing yourself. like two or three hours of sweatsuit runs every day. That's dangerous. Dangerous. Yeah. dangerous. Yeah. They, um, I know, like MMA, they stopped 
because they used to do that, mm. get the IV drip, yeah, rehydrate. Yeah. That to ban that, and they now it's banned in boxing. As well. Yeah, because it was always it was banned in boxing, and that's that's how I know. Like, and then I think someone had basically tried to weight cut, ended up dying through yeah. it, and that's why it, like really dangerous. Yeah, I was like, I I wouldn't have been far off of death with the amount of fluid that I was draining. I, I genuinely, do you know, when I said earlier about that weighing really turn up late. Yeah, I, like that was like golden syrup when I was. That uh, Larinkas fight after the fight. So, but right, so go back. I'd done the weighing, woke up the next morning, jumped on the scales 14 stone four. So, I put on two stone overnight. I fucking felt and looked ridiculous, mate. I was like, <laughs> you're getting battered, mate. You're getting like, this geezer's going to get fucking battered. You tonight. probably looked amazing. big as you went in there as well. I well, imagine. no, I would have. That was about eight o'clock in the morning. About 10 in the morning, I was like, oh, I need a poo. So when I sat on the toilet, and that was it, all day, both ends sick and shit all day, right? Oh. That day, I'd had six massive bowls of porridge, because the only thing I could stomach, all being sick and, and coming out of both ends. I'd drunk probably about five or six gallons of fluid, and by the time I'd got to the fight, I said to my coach, and Dan... Down there, he never knew any of this. And when it when he found out what I was doing, he went fucking mental at me. Yeah, I, I thought he was never going to talk to me again. I imagine. Um, he, um, I said to him, I went, I'm in a bad way, mate. I'm really not well. And he was like, well, it's, it's up to you. What do you I was like, well, I'm not pulling out. But I was that ill, like touching the pads like this, was hurting my fucking ankles, my knees, my hips. Oh, do you know like when you got flu? I was so dehydrated every single fucking and I just felt fucked every single joint as I was touching the pads like my jaw my teeth were out and everything I was just that rough and he was like look just get through the 10 rounds first ever time I've done 10 rounds as well we just get through the 10 rounds you'll beat this kid so that's what I went out and did I, I don't know how I made it through and fire but luckily I'd done what I knew I'd done before where I'd gone boom boom hit him with a couple of big shots early on Really? And then I just, yeah, and then I just didn't hardly do anything. Really boring fight, uh, more boring than the others. But he sort of started coming on middle rounds because I hadn't really done anything. Yeah, yeah. So I just sort of put him back in his place again, got through and I won the title. But I walked out of that venue as the fresh air at me. I just went, literally just fucking like a load of Lucasade sport. Just went all over everywhere. I'd got home. My wife rung the uh, hospital up. She was like, look, he's, he's in a bad way. And they was like, when was the last time he went for a wee? And weirdly, I was still still pissing, but it was coming out like proper like Marmite, like brown. It was like having a poo out the front, mate. Honestly, it was awful. And uh, she went, well, he's just tried to go for a wee now, but it's like really brown. And they went, no, he's all right. She was like, no, he's not all right. Like he's just done 10 rounds. He's had, he's took shots to the head and stuff. Like that. I didn't really get hit a lot when I was fighting. So um, about three in the morning, we had a 24-hour McDonald's at the top of the village where we lived. About three in the morning, I was like, right, I think I can eat now. Can you go and get me something? And this a double McDonald's, I would just get me three double cheeseburgers and like a Coke. And, mate, that, that food was like life-saving. I just went, I just went, and I just went and got to bed, fell asleep. But without that, I was just, I couldn't. Like, my head was all over the show. I was in a fucking bad way, mate. Yeah. So, but I weighed myself. I was 12-10. So I put on two stone, lost it all again. So James Tucker, you'd have gone up weight then, yeah? 
next fight would have been James Tucker. No, no, I still... You still do it the then? You still do it? Wow. Yeah, when did you that. go up weight to James Tucker? Um, Makarenko fight, right? That's the first one, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I fought James Tucker. Yeah. That was... I defended the International Masters title. Yeah. That was Camden Centre. Yeah. No. And then it was on to Leon Senior after that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Liam Senior for the Southern Area Light like, Heavy. Southern Area. Throughout my career, amateurs and pro, I've had one or two dodgy decisions. But I didn't, like, as amateur, I didn't think it. I went, I went boxing jersey as an amateur. And this kid, that is massive heavyweight, <laughs> it weighed in before we got there. And there's no way he was under 17 stone, this kid. Yeah. And they reckon he was 14 stoner. He was massive. Whoa. And they was like, you ain't fighting him unless we see him jump on the scales. And they went, well, you ain't fighting then because he's he's already jumped on the scales. We ain't weighing him in again. They would not weigh him in again. And I was like, well, I don't give a shit. So I fought him anyway. And he did not lay a glove on me the whole fight. And they gave, it to <laughs> gave him the win. He come up to me after and I'm really sorry. He said, I actually thought he was going to knock me out as well. The other one, Leon Senior. He landed no more than, so it was a 10 round fight. If he landed 10 clean punches, I've been surprised. Throughout the fight? Throughout the whole fight. This was Medway Park as well. Yeah. Gillingham. So, oh, yeah. where's Liam Senior from? Is he? Liam like, Senior. London boy. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the, this is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Terrible. Not Joe's. No, no, it weren't one of Joe's. It was another, uh, it was a Mickey Elliott show. Hmm. He'd done it in, in association with um, iBox. It was Dingsdale. Yeah. Joe Pettit, yeah, 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 all them boys. I come out and I had, the only marks I had on me was, I had a few bruises up my arms. I was catching all these shots on my arms. He was cut to ribbons. If it, weren't for the fa- if it weren't for the fact that I was weight drained, I would have stopped him. I had him rocking probably two or three times during the fight, in the latter rounds as well. I used to fight, I used to score the rounds in my head and I had myself up by four, four points. When the final bell went. 97-94. So That's I had myself got up here. three or four rounds. Right? Yeah. And then I remember thinking to myself, I was like, because it's the old, oh, you have to go and snatch the fucking belt away from the champion, which is a load of bullshit. You either win or you don't. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, I bet they fucking stitch me up and gives this as a draw. And then when they read, and the, a scorecard of 97 to 94, I was like, hey, fucking hell, I've done it. Like, I've done it. They went, Leon Senior. And I remember like, there's a picture of me, I've got it somewhere, of me just going like that. What? Like looking over at Ian John Lewis. So then you went on, this is then, you went to Makarenko, so then you've yeah. now put on weight to went probably, to yeah. to probably yeah. where you... I should have retired after the Leon Senior fight. Do you think? Yeah, because I lost interest in it after that. So I struggled. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I started struggling to make cruiserweight. 14 fours started really strong. Yeah, because I just weren't training now. Oh, yeah. So, no, just won that. Went on to Mitch Mitchell. Makarenko. Um, Mitch Mitchell. What name? Mitch Mitchell was one of my best performances. Boxed really well. I trained myself for that fight. Right. Didn't have a coach. Trained myself. Turned up on the night. I was like, um, someone go my corner. Was it when we were about? Was it when we were about? I'm sure when we started to meet you. Because I don't think yeah, you had it. Before Woody Camacho... Um, no, you was we used to, we, come, down the used to yeah. come down the barracks with us, and this was before the, your first fight on Joe's show. This yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Which, been around, I've yeah. known you to be around because I yeah, because I remember you not having a trainer when we first turned up. Yeah, and then you just were sparring us and like 
I actually think, us. you know what, like, and I, you can never, ever thank a coach enough for the effort and time they put into you. But I genuinely think that after that Mitch Mitchell fight, I should have just coached myself. Who did, who did you go to? You, I, I moved away from Dan Downer. Yeah. Who was a brilliant, like technically brilliant. One of the best out there. I don't give a shit what anyone says. He see boxing. And he taught me how I see boxing now when I talk about the biomechanics of it and stuff like that. He's, oh, yeah, genius. Right. He was a good uh, unlicensed boxer. Power, mate. Unbelievable. And then I went, I moved away. And I tried carrying on training with him, driving. I moved here. And I tried driving back down. It just didn't work out. I should have trained myself. Should have just gone off and done my own thing because I knew how to get myself fit, and all I needed was sparring and pad work. And the mm. pad work even weren't weren't even that important, just sparring me. Um, and then you had I get so take it this is going to be your first one with Joe would be Rolandus Cesna. Rolandus Cesna, yeah. yeah, yeah, Medway Park. He's retired. Though. He got he had a bleed, bleed on the brain. Oh, oh yeah. What yeah. after your fight? Or? No, no, a few fights after. I was going to say like no, no, I've got him as a friend on Facebook. I see him like he's. he's He's doing all right, but I think he's doing back bits. over in Eastern Europe, right? Wherever he is, but he's he's all right. But yeah, he retired. He had, had a bleed. I think it was a bleed on the brain. Where it sure. was, yeah, yeah. And then that come to because I remember you training for this, the Woody Camacho fight. Yeah, and this week. Well, I remember that, that Joe, the first one at Midway Park on Jones. Yeah, there was a bit of a hype about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, not because we didn't know you. Yeah, but he was like. That's only because I'd have had quite a few fights by then, though. Yeah. And you was like, all well, quite new, wouldn't you? Yeah, but then he, he was just like, Joe was like, I've got, I found, I've, he's either got in touch with you or you've got yeah. in touch with him. And he was like, I'll come down and do some sparring. Mm. And Joe just used to mention, yeah, he's really mm. good, he's really good. No one ever see the best of me. No one ever see the best of me. No one, like, not in sparring, not in, I sparred some good, good lads throughout my career. Sparred Georgie Groves. Andy Lee, Frank Buglioni, Tony Dodson, who was a fucking scouse fella, tall, fought one of the Smith brothers. Rocky Fielding. Oh, oh yeah, Rocky yeah, Fielding. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just about to say. <laughs> that was a little that was. So hard, like, he's just really awkward. Yeah, and then, but the best one, James the Girl. Without Unbelievable, mate, yeah. He was not like, sparring three people at the same time, mate. Really? Yeah, yeah, battered, mate. Absolutely back to me. Not one of the other fellas, right? He's the only person I've ever sparred, ever been in the ring with, and I thought to myself, I will never, ever beat you. He was just that good. All the rest of them I sparred. I feel potential. Um, when I sparred him, it was two weeks out from a fight. Yeah. He used to fight at 12 stone. When I sparred him, if he was under 14 stone, I'd have been surprised. Right. I think he used to kill himself to make the weight. He was massive. That's why it's called chunky, mm. isn't it? He had a bigger head than me. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things I remember standing there and thinking God that's a fucking edge you got to get there boy. but he turned into a bigger lollipop yeah, yeah. <laughs> stopper. but one thing I will say right I think he was it was his own downfall with the media and stuff like that I don't, he never presented well on camera I love James Agale when, when James Agale and Groves were first about yeah. I was a big Groves fan really? after sparring Groves I just thought well I don't like you after meeting James Agale I actually sort of, I'd, I'd started liking him before this, but after I met him, I was like, ah, he's one of the nicest, blo- genuinely one of the nicest blokes. It's weird because, like, I know he doesn't come across well, but you can see there's little snippets you can just watch. 
that you can see is actually quite a nice fella. Heart of gold. But so George Groves was a nice fella. George, you look at George Groves and he looks like... Uh, he came like, across a really nice fella. Yeah, when I walked into the ring, uh, into the gym to spar him, and listen, he's sparring me. He's paying me good yeah, money yeah, to go yeah. and spar him. So, like, behave how you want to fucking behave. But understand that you're sparring people that have been watching you on TV for the past three years or whatever. Like, we're going to be a bit excited. I, t- I was like, hi, hey, George, right, mate? And he's sitting on the ring, wrapping his hands. Looked up at me like this. Just carried on wrapping his hands. Didn't even say hello. Oh, really? I was like, fuck you, you brick. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam Booth was a real To be nice. fair, but, I, I've got George Rose to sign that. Yeah. And he didn't speak to me. So, I have listened, yeah. strangely enough, I listened <laughs> to a bit about George Groves. And he said, um, he said, like he, his words when he was fighting, they weren't the best person to be around. Yeah. And I think he, I wonder now if he was to approach him now, how he would be. But I think back then, he, yeah. I think he even admits that he weren't the best. Yeah. I had a conversation with someone not long ago, like within the last couple of weeks, and they was like George Groves, and I was like, yeah, no, I didn't really like him. And they went, that's really funny because I've met him, and he's one of the nicest blokes I've met. There you go. Now. So I wonder, yeah. I wonder. Because he admits it, I think he self admits yeah. it that whilst he was in the fighting, like whilst he was in the yeah. fighting, whilst he was boxing, boxing yeah. he was he was, like he was yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's what it was. This is this is what I want. I want to be world champion, and this yeah. is and I c- couldn't give a fuck. He was good. Piss off. He was good. Yeah, no, like, he, he was special. He's world like, champion, ones, isn't it? Ones that, yeah, but do you know, like I'd sparred like mediocre fighters that never went on. On I'd sparred British champions, European world champions. He stood out. He was very good. Although I always fancied my chances against him. Gross. Yeah, like, like, laugh it. Like, do you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. But I always fancied that, that I could hold my own with him, even after sparring. And he was good. But not because I thought I was better than him, fucking nowhere near. But I actually found, when I used to watch him, I was like, why is not, why is not someone doing this? Because what George Groves was really good at, he had a lovely jab and he had power. He used for to days, lean back mate. a bit. You know what I mean? But he was only powerful on the end of his range. So what I did when I sparred him, and this is what I always said, I said, if I ever fought you, what I would do is I'd sit out. As soon as you got in range, I'd just close you down. That's what I'd done when I sparred him. I ain't saying that nowhere near did I get the better of him in sparring. He, he won the spars. But it worked. And I was like, hey, if I caught you with a good shot, I'd fancy my chances up. Yeah. I'd, look, listen, I, again... I'm not mugging myself off saying I think I'll bet on George Rose nowhere fucking near. But I think I would have had a chance against him just because of that little thing that I, I sort of worked out. And I, yeah, thought, yeah, yeah. I, thought, I think that would have worked against him. Yeah. With the Woody Camacho fight, do you think you should have took it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah? yeah there's, no, there's no other fight out there. You've seen the interview. I've, I've done an interview online and I was like, if I can't be Woody Camacho, then I'm going to retire. That's exactly yeah. what I did. Yeah. But that Camacho fight, I weren't fit for took it for granted. I'll openly come out and say I, I took I took him lightly because I watched him and I was like, he's shit. Didn't think he was any good. Um, I knew I was a better boxer than him and I am a better boxer than him. I don't give a shit what he says. Technically, far, far superior to him. I was fit enough to go and do 10 rounds, but I weren't fit enough to go and do 10 rounds of, against the opponent of the calibre of Woody Camacho. First, first four rounds, Absolutely beasted him, mate. Didn't lay a glove on me. Made him look stupid. Fifth round. At the end of the fourth round, do you know what I said about his Sam cut? Against Sam yeah, cut yeah. In the first fight, that happened again. Just gassed. At the end of the fourth round. 
walk back to the corner and I, I walk back and uh, I had Ian Burbage um, in my corner and he was like, you're all right, you're all right. And I went, nope. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm fucked. I've got nothing left. Him and um, Eddie, oh, fucking, sorry, I forget his last name, but I was like, no, nah, you're all right. I was like, no, I'm not, I'm fucked. I've got nothing left. And they went, well, it just take your foot off the gas a little bit. I was like, well, there ain't no, there ain't no <laughs> choice. That's what's going to happen. I went out there and I think Camacho, he, off, no. basically what had happened, I think he'd gone, fuck, I'm four rounds behind here. I need to do something. And he come out, put it on me and he hit me. He's, he's glove right into my eye, ripped my eye apart, bad cut. And, but I went blind in my eye, couldn't see. Right. Completely blind. So I thought, I thought my eye popped out as a, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was fucking, I thought I'd. It was just swinging. Well, no, 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 not, not popped out. I thought it like exploded. I thought I'd gone blind. That was it. Like I'd blind forever. It, man, it was fucking painful, mate. Really painful. Which you, you boys know, if you've ever done a bit of boxing, you don't really feel, if you feel pain differently, didn't you? In boxing? Yeah. yeah. But this was painful. And, uh, he's hitting me and I just went, took a knee. I remember thinking, fucking hell, I'm like, this is bad. Can't see nothing. And then I'm, on my knee, like that, referees counting, got back up. You right to carry on? I was like, right, yeah, try and keep my eye open because I didn't want the ref to see that I was fucked. And then uh, he come back out and I was fighting him with this eye closed because it was too painful to have it open. So I'm like trying to fight him with one eye and you can't gauge yeah. distance and all that. He see I was in trouble and just put it on me. And I remember thinking to myself, let him hit you. Every time he hits you, try hitting him. Because that's the only way you're going to know where he is. So you know that his head is somewhere at the end of that arm. Let him hit you as he lands, throw a hook. And I let him pile into me. And I could, it's almost like I could feel my fucking glove, like catch him on the whiskers. If I'd have caught him, I think I'd have knocked him out clean. But yeah, I never did. He just put it on me in a ref sort of fight. Oh. People go, it's a bit of an early stoppage. I was like, nah, mate. <laughs> Spot on. <laughs> no, fair Get enough. Me out of there. Yeah, fair yeah, enough. In a bad way, mate. Yeah. So the um, as we come to the coming to the end, um, we like to obviously ask our guests sort of about their perfect boxer, yeah. like footwork, hand yeah, speed. Yeah. Uh, we'll just go through it, like IQ. So what, like, if you was to choose a boxer, footwork, Golovkin or Alvarez? Yeah, um, hand speed. Uh, Kalzaghi. Boxing IQ. Mayweather. That's Chip. the one you're going to get all the time. Do you know, uh, you've got another defensive one you're going to Defensive skills, I'd say to you. Yeah, do you know, is that what you're going to say next? Defensive yeah, defensive skills. skills is. It would either be Mayweather or Hopkins. You could, I'd have, I'd have both of them in both of them. Bernardo Hopkins, yeah. Bernard Hopkins, yeah. Chin? Chris Eubank Senior. And then. Not Junior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously attacking skills. Come forward, yeah, Ricky Allen, and then punch power. Oh, that's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, Groves, yeah, I liked, I liked him. I liked Groves' power, yeah, yeah. Cool. Just, Any- just for the not like <clears throat> I'm not, I'm not saying these who I think are the biggest punchers. No, these, no this is I like what I do. Yeah, it's how you, yeah, yeah like it's, I, it's how I, you view it. Not- he's someone that I, the way he hit Carl Froch shows just how much power he had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one done that to Cole Frock. No one. And and Grove's done it to him twice, mate. Saying that, you said Grove's for power, but I said Frock for chin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who did I say for chin? You've been senior. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, Frock could be there, yeah. yeah. Anything else you want to add? Um, venue. Oh, favorite. yeah. Sorry, yeah. Venue. Favourite venue. 
that you fought at or, or a venue you would like Favourite venue I fought at? Your call or K2, purely because that was my debut and I commentate there now. Right. Um, MEN Arena. It's not called that anymore, but... Manchester Arena. Manchester Arena, Arena yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not called that anymore, I don't think. Is it not? No, I think it's something else now. Oh. <laughs> it might be Manchester Arena. Is it, over, is it OVO? Or yeah. Like, yeah. like yeah. some energy company's got... That's where it. I watched Frock versus Groves first, first, first one. one. Yeah, that was some fire that was, mate. Oh, we was with a load of Groves fans. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we was with a load yeah. of Groves fans. It was only me and my old man that were, because they were all um, Chelsea boys. Oh, okay. It's only me and my old man that were cheering for Frog. We they were up the whole fight. Yeah. Yeah, we went to oh, Wembley. Second one. Yeah. Mate, they just yeah. sat down, slumped in their chairs. We was like, hey, give me all the bigger <laughs> one. Frog uh, knocked him out. Yeah, no, with regards to, no, not really. Things to add. What are you doing now? Um, now that you know you're not even. What in my life? So I work in, Construction project manager. I've got a nutrition company, we've already mentioned, Waste yeah. Point uh, and WP Nutrition. So Check I actually work out. with quite a few fighters now, helping them make weight. Martin Hillman. And do you know what? One of the things that people don't get is how simple it is. And I think I think Hillman would probably say to you, do you know what? I didn't think it would be that easy because it is really simple. But it's the biggest thing in boxers are really susceptible to it because they want to try and like, I need to find their little percentages and stuff like that. Don't worry about the little percentages. Get the fucking 90, 97% shit done first, which is getting your calories right, getting your protein right, making your, making sure you're recovering properly. Get them things. You won't even have to worry about the other things because they'll be irrelevant. So. Cool. Yeah, thank you, boys. Um, yeah, again. On, yeah, cheers, Dan, for coming on. Obviously, How long did we go for? We, <laughs> we have gone for... One hour, 50 minutes. You're the so, longest yeah. one. This so is going to be a two-parter. Yeah. Mate, I could go on all day as well. So, um, seven hour one. Oh, I wish we had time. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, boys. Obviously, if you like the episode, give us a review. If you don't like the episode, give us a review. But we're happy to, we'll front it up. Come and support us on Patreon, £3 a month. Um, it helps us reinvest. Follow us on all socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. He's reading that off. Sports Social Podcast Network.